This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. doing well today. Um, there are a lot of faces that I do not recognize. If you do not know me, my name is Pastor Trenton, um, and I'm a pastor on staff here. I want to encourage you to fill out a connection card. There's paper ones, I believe, in the back of your seats. There's also a QR code, and the reason we ask you to do that is because we want to get to know you. We believe in community here at Right Church, those who are part of RLC family, and so we want to get to know you. We want to include you in that family. We want to hear your story um, and get to know you, so please take time to fill that out. Um, if you were here last week, you know that we were headed out for summer camp on Sunday night. Um, we had an amazing week, and beyond just competing for um, Camp Champ, we also had just amazing moments with God. Allie and I were talking on, um, I think it was, I don't remember what night, my, all the days bled together. It was one of the nights this week, and we were talking and reflecting on all that God was doing, and it was just amazing. Um, we had a couple students called into ministry. Uh, multiple students were just opened up and, and shared with where they're at. Um, certain students that never talked, that talked. Um, on top of that, Allie and I have the privilege of knowing a lot of students that are not in our youth group, and so we got to see their lives um, changed and God moved in them. So can we give it up for God and, and that camp this week? It was an amazing opportunity. Uh, thank you, church, for believing in our young people, and I say that sincerely. We have an amazing church that believes in our young people. A lot of you have sponsored many events. Um, a lot of you have poured time and effort, so thank you for that. Give yourselves a, a round of applause really quick. Um, and then last but not least, um, Pastor Kevin and Pastor Rhonda, our lead pastors, are out on vacation right now, and so we're going to lift them up in prayer just really quick, and then I'm going to turn the, turn the mic over to somebody else. But um, I would encourage you, if you've not messaged them, reach out and say you miss them, reach out and say you love them. But let's pray over them right now. God, I just pray for our lead pastors right now. God, I pray that you would be with them. God, that you would, um, God, in, in, the, in their time away, God, I pray that you would just rejuvenate their souls, God, and their, their minds, their spirits, God, that in a way that they've never experienced before. God, I pray for um, God encounters on this vacation, God, that people would come up to them, God, not even know them, God, and speak words of encouragement. God, I just pray that there would be um, such hope and such peace and such fun, um, God, that their hearts would be full, God, full of you, God, full of fun, full of joy, full of life. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said Amen. All right, I'm not preaching today, but Pastor Sasser is, so can we give it up for Pastor Sasser this morning? How's it going, everybody? We got a pretty full house. I was sitting up here, I'm like, man, I hope people show up today, because, you know, about two minutes before, I was like, there's like 12 people in here, so good job, everyone. Great job. And online, I can't see you, assuming you're there, so... Welcome, everyone, to Relevant Life Church. Um, this is the second week of our Parables series. Uh, Pastor Ali kicked it off last week, did a great job. How many heard it last week, Pastor Ali? Yeah? How many would agree that she did a good job? If you don't think so, raise your hand anyway. She needs that encouragement. <laughs> we all do, right? You guys, every time I get up here, I only get up here a few times a year, and every time I get up here, I'm nervous. <laughs> Someone's like, oh. It's okay. I think if, if anybody got up here, it, I, I even talked to Pastor Kevin, and he's like, every week, I'm nervous. I'm like, dude, you're so old. Like, you should, <laughs> you should, 
you shouldn't be nervous. You've done this for like so, so long. I'm just kidding. He's, I, I only say that because I hope he hears it. And he's like, oh my God, I can't believe. And then he'd never ask me to do this again. So there's that. Anyways, so second week of parables, I figured I was sitting down here and I'm like, man, how am I going to get over my nerves today? So I figured I would probably do something that's not at all in my sermon outline or anything. So you guys with me? All right. So I can actually do some voices and stuff. Yeah. Some people know that. Some people don't. Um, Anybody seen Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Anybody know who Gollum is? You stole it from us, our precious. <laughs> what do you have in your nasty little pockets? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Some people are like, I'm out. Like, <laughs> we're not listening to this guy. You guys, I, I again want to do another shout out to Pastor Allie and Trenton. They have served our youth ministry and, and blessed my children, and they've blessed your kids, and they're stepping out. We've got a new pa- youth pastor coming, but can you guys give it up for Pastor Trent and Allie? Thank you guys so much. It's hard enough as a parent to, you know, be with your children. Imagine being with somebody else's children, so I can't imagine that every week. So it, it was a joke. It was a joke. I love my children. They're sitting way in the back because they're, they're hoping dad doesn't share something about them while he's up here. So let's, let's jump back into parables. All right. So a parable, what is a parable? All right. Pastor Ali did a good job last week. I'm going to kind of give my interpretation here of what a parable is. A parable is something that Jesus used to share a deep theological truth, but used very particular situations and items that the audience of the time would understand. But as we learned last week, he also used it to hide the truth from non-believers. It was like he was using a, a secret code. There was a simple explanation of the parables in which anyone at the time could understand, but there was also a much deeper meaning related to himself, heaven, and rooted in eternity in all of these parables. So, and as, as Ali told us last week, Jesus could have used any avenue to communicate the truths of his kingdom, but he chose parables. Our desire is to understand what his parables meant and to align the action and trajectory of our lives with their meaning and truths. So why, why did Jesus use these parables, right? We kind of just discussed that a little bit. There were some like hidden truths and stuff in them, but Matthew 13, 11, Jesus says, because the knowledge of the secrets of, he- of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Okay, parables are for the believers. They're for the people who are following Jesus, and Jesus is, is hiding these truths of his kingdom inside of these stories. So could you imagine, and this is kind of my parable for you, could you imagine walking up to just anybody, maybe... You guys don't know all of everyone that's here today. Imagine getting up out of your chair, taking your house key, walking over with with your address written down on a note, and just handing it to somebody and going, here, here's my address and here's my house key. I don't know you. (laughs) Would anybody do that? 
right? It, it doesn't matter if you think everyone in here is a believer and nobody's going to break into your house. You still wouldn't do it. There's family members that don't have a key to my house. I, there's even family I want to keep out of my house. So you're not, you're not going to come and give the key to heaven and kingdom to anyone. Jesus is going to hold that key and he's going to take his parables and he's going to reveal these truths that unveil his kingdom in a way to his believers. So today I'm talking about the parable of the talents and to, the title of the message today is use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. So we start, we're going to start reading this parable. I'm going to jump right into it because I've, there's a lot to this. So we're going to, we're going to jump into reading it, but I want to give just a little bit of context, all right? So Jesus had entered the city of Jerusalem. This is when he, he rides on the donkey, and everyone's cheering, and there's this huge commotion, right? And so there's, and, and all the religious leaders of the time did not like Jesus, right? So people were cheering, religious leaders were not, all right? And he came in, and he, he started preaching and teaching and rebuking, and he would teach in the, in the the temple courts, right? So the temple was where the religious leaders were. So he would go inside of those courts and begin to teach and preach to people, which made the religious leaders even more angry because they're like, no, this is our area. You stay out of here. But he's like, nope, going right into the heart of it because this is actually God's area and this is where I'm supposed to be. So Jesus is, is stirring up this controversy and, and we find him going through all of this with his disciples and, and speaking truth and everything. But every time Jesus speaks truth, there's a little bit of mystery involved in it, right? Whether he's using a parable or not, he kind of speaks about the signs and wonders and the times. And, and he doesn't say, hey, in like two and a half weeks, I'm going to be on a cross. And FYI, three days after that, I'll be alive again, just so you know. He doesn't, he doesn't reveal his truths to us that way. So it's kind of a mystery how he does this. And even his disciples came to him, and Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, and his disciples came up to him and said, hey, you've been talking about like that this, like the temple will be destroyed, and it'll be rebuilt in three days, and we don't understand what you're talking about, and can you help us to understand this more? And as, as Christians and people who would have read the Bible now would understand that what Jesus was talking about, the temple was him. He was the temple, and he's going to be crucified, and that that temple being rebuilt is him himself being resurrected. Right? So that, that is our hope and faith in Jesus Christ that he died, but he lives again for eternity, and he's here with us now. So he's trying to explain some of these things to his disciples, his, belief, his followers. And so this is one of the parables he uses to explain kind of his death, resurrection, kind of, kind of his end time here on earth. So this is one of the parables he uses to explain some of that. So let's start reading it, and I'm, I'm not just going to read through the whole thing. I'm going to read a section, and I'm going to kind of explain what it means. So you guys ready? Yes. All right, like four of you. Ready? Let's do this. All right. Jesus. <laughs> hey, Jesus. All right. All right. Matthew 25, verse 14. That's where we're starting. It's a parable of the talents. It probably says that in your Bible. So, and I'm reading out of the ESV. Uh, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted 
to them his property. So in, in this case, the man that is going on a journey in, in, in later in this passage is referenced to the master, right? So the man that's going on a journey, he has servants and he's going to entrust his property to them because he's, he's leaving home, right? And as we understand this, the, the man that is going on a journey is Jesus, okay? He's the, the man on a journey, the master in this parable, we're talking about Jesus, okay? And he's, he's leaving the disciples. The disciples don't necessarily know this yet, but Jesus is, is he's taken off, right? And he won't be there very long. And so he's trying, to, he's trying to give them some clues. I won't be around forever, so I'm gonna entrust you my possessions, right? So Jesus is telling his disciples, and who are Jesus' disciples? Name them one by one. No, I'm not asking that. Jesus' disciples are his followers. They're the ones that follow Jesus. Who are we? We are Jesus followers. We are disciples of Jesus Christ. So when we're talking about the disciples of Jesus here, and he's talking about the master and his servants, right? We are his servants. We are his disciples, okay? So it's Jesus who is going on this journey and the servants who are his disciples, and that is us. So we are a part of this story, all right? So to the one he gave five talents, to, the, uh, to another two, and another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. So just like this man's going on a journey, Jesus is going on a, on a journey, and, and Jesus knew his disciples, correct? Right. He, he walked with them, he lived with them, they they did ministry together. They did life together. He knew them very, very, very well. And so just like this master would have known his servants, Jesus knew his disciples. And so therefore, Jesus would have said, I, I know your ability. And so therefore, I'm going to give you according to your ability, right? Because he knew, he knew Peter's anger. He, he knew the betrayal of Judas. He knew the love of John. And he knows you, and so in this, we can understand that Jesus has, has now gone, he's been resurrected, but he has left us with his possessions, right? With, with his stuff. And, and we're gonna find out what we do, we're gonna find out what it is and what we do with it a little bit later on as we work through this. So uh, verse 16, he, he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also, he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Right? We got three scenarios here. You can immediately see how the master was right in his assessment of the, of the three servants. Right? He's like, hey, you, you get five. Sweet. He went and made another five. The one with two made another two. Who knows? Maybe if he was given three or even five, maybe he would have doubled that too. But the, the one he gave one talent to, what did he do? He went out, and some translations say he went out into a field, dug a hole, and buried the money. So just to be clear, a talent is, is money. Okay, it's, it's a, I don't know, it's a, an amount of money that there's a lot of controversy around how much money it is because I tried to find out and they're like, we don't really know, 
We don't really know. It's, it's, in our standards, it's between a few thousand and 300,000 for one talent, right? So you can imagine if this was up to $300,000 per talent, right? The guy that just got five talents is rolling 1.5 mil, all right? So he just made his master a lot of money, a lot of money. Let's continue on. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered me, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I've made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, which I don't think that's a little. Like, this guy must have had a lot of money if he's talking like 1.5 mil. I just gave you a little bit. Anyways, uh, he said, you've been uh, good with a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So the, the servants were then rewarded for their work, right? The master came back. Who knows how long he was gone, right? We don't know how long Jesus is going to be gone either. So when the master returns, he's going to hold everyone accountable, right? He's going to call us to account. And then whatever we have done, whatever we have done with what he has given us, he's going to hold that accountable to us. And he's going to either reward us or in this next part of the scripture, we will find out what happens. He also, who had received one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. So the moment we've been waiting for, we knew this was coming. You can't just bury something in the ground and, and not make you know, some profit on some stuff and not have the master come back and, and say something to you. So let's, let's look at the master's reply here. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then ought you have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest? The master was not happy, obviously, because he had entrusted this to this servant. And, and it wasn't like, hey, just hold on to this for me, right? Because as we read here, the master is somebody that, that reaps a harvest that he didn't even sow, right? He's, he's getting the corn off the cornfield, and he didn't put the corn down in the first place to grow it up. He, he's, a, he's an entrepreneur. He's somebody that is going out, and he's, he's making himself more and more out of his own. So he expects his servants to do the same. So Jesus is emphasizing the importance to his disciples about spreading the gospel. Because that's what is important to Jesus. Jesus knows that his life story, his death and his resurrection, the power that is contained in his name is, is what is valuable. Okay, we can, we can come back and go, Man, if somebody gave me even one talent and it was worth 
that's pretty important, right? That's a lot of money, and that's something that we can like physically hold and, and, and see in this world. But Jesus knew that going beyond that, that his life and his story was something that goes out and impacts people's lives. And I'm not going to assume that every single one of you have a, a relationship with Jesus Christ today, but those that do, you understand this, that Jesus has done something in your life, something in your heart, that, that he has transformed you in a way that is worth more than money could buy. That, that our eternal promise with him, you get to live forever. Can you put a price on that? Can you put a price on that? So let's finish this off. Verse 28. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has been given, sorry, for everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And at the end of it all, the servant who buried that master's money, who was entrusted with this talent, was thrown out. He was cast out. He did not share the same reward of those that did something with what Christ gave them. In fact, he was, all that he had was stripped away from him. Not only this talent was taken away from him, but his position with the master, his, his livelihood was taken away as well. So every time I've read this parable, and I've read it a number of times, not even like just this week, but how many people have heard this parable before? Right? A lot of us have heard this parable before. And there's there's always something that stuck out to me, right? And it's, maybe it's my insecurities, maybe it's like just the righteous part of me, but I always go back to like, why couldn't the master have just given everyone a fair shake, right? If he just comes in, you know, we're talking three, two, and one, that's six talents, why don't you just give two to everyone, right? Give two to everyone and go, it's, it's a risk, it's a gamble, but I, that's not the way it, it plays out. And to me, I go, man, what if I, was, what if I was that guy that only was given the one talent? What, what would that, first of all, what would that say about me, right? What, what would that say about me? So point number one, equally different. Jesus calls all of us equally, but equips us differently. Matthew 25, 15, let's go back there. He says, to the one, to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his what? Ability. Do, do each one of these servants have the ability to steward five talents? Obviously not, because the guy that was given one, he couldn't even do anything with that. So have you ever asked yourself, 
What's my worth? I think that's a, that's a question that kind of plagues us, maybe plagues our society. What am I worth? What is my significance? God, is there anything about me that, that's important? God, am I, am I worth anything? Is there anything special inside me? Is there anything that I have that God can use? I think that's a question that we can all ask ourselves, and that's a question I think we all too often are asking ourselves. I know I've, I've struggled. I've struggled um, with my worth, with my uh, abilities and lack thereof. And I know that, that God has actually equipped me with a lot of abilities. If you know me, I can do a lot of things. So I can't imagine, and, and knowing that I struggle with, with knowing the lack of my ability, I can't imagine people that, they, they, and it's not bad, they just can't do as much as other people. I can't imagine how they would feel about this, what their worth is, what their significance is. So I want to talk to you just a little bit about significance. And this, this, is, kind of, this is kind of a side road to the parable, okay? Because I just, I just couldn't let this go. I just felt that the Holy Spirit was just going, no, you need to talk about this today. So this is like just a little bit of a side road today on this parable, and just bear with me. We're taking a little bumpy ride here. Does everyone know what plankton is? Plankton? Okay. And we're not talking about like the little green guy from the SpongeBob show. (laughs) Even though he is plankton. So plankton... Uh, just derived from the Greek word meaning wanderer or drifter. They are unable to swim against currents, tides, or waves, right? So plankton are these really small organisms that have no direction in life. They're, they're little, little tiny things, sometimes like microscopic type things, that are just found in our waterways, right? And there's a lot of them are found in our oceans, right? Because there's just a lot of water there. And they, they just merely exist. They don't have a plan. They don't have a divine purpose. They, they can't swim, you guys. They live in the water, and they can't swim. They don't think, and as individuals, they are insignificant. But here are some fun facts about plankton. I know this is exactly why you came to church today. We're learning something today, and if you get away with learning something about plankton, apply it to your life. Jesus, Holy Spirit will use it, okay? So, fun facts about plankton. Phytoplankton, which is the plant-like type of plankton, they're like algae and bacteria, they use sunlight and nutrients and carbon dioxide and the water that they live in to produce oxygen. In fact, these small organisms produce about 50% of the oxygen on the entire planet. Zooplankton, these animal-like plankton, are a huge food source for many of the fish in the ocean, including whales. So some of the smallest, most insignificant thing can feed the largest things in the ocean. Some plankton are are just kind of like, 
They're like the babies of some of the other creatures out there, like crabs and oysters and some fish, like in that state of like babyism. That's not a word. That they are actually considered uh, a zooplankton, right? And they, they grow out of it, you know. Man, I hope my kids grow out of zooplankton. <laughs> grow up to be a good oyster or something. <laughs> Plankton also keep the ocean clean as they are the decomposers of all the things that fall to the ocean floor. Plankton so small and so insignificant but so vital to this world's ecosystem and vital for us to even get up and fill our lungs with oxygen. God gave each one of them a tiny, the tiniest little ability. Hey, take, take what's around you, take what I've given you, and turn that into something amazing called oxygen. Could, could you just do that for me? I couldn't do that. But God, in his grand scheme of things, in this whole ecosystem on earth, goes, man, I'm going to make some of the smallest things some of the most important things. And I want to speak that over you today. That if you're struggling with your lack of ability or if you have some thoughts of insignificance in your life, you're thinking about your abilities. And you're not letting God define you in the light of his blessing and ability in, in, in your life that he has already given you. See, God is the one that gives us these abilities. Maybe you have the ability to sing. Maybe you don't. Maybe you have the ability to get on your knees and pray, which I would say most of us do. Maybe you're able to build things. Maybe you're able to tear things down. Maybe you are blessed more financially than others, and you can give more to like special offerings, and, and, and maybe you can bless our community a little bit differently. Maybe you just have the ability to speak words into somebody's life, and that can be so, so important. How many people have had words spoken into your life that have impacted you, and your life will never, ever be the same? God's creation has worth and significance, and we are his creation. And God loves variety. He didn't just make one kind of plant. He didn't make one kind of fish. He didn't make one kind of animal. And he, man, I'm glad he didn't just make one of me and multiply them. <laughs> Even though I can do some cool voices. Man, I couldn't stand talking to me all the time. Well, we'd know all the same things. So, But God always works economically. He's not wasteful. He, he's, can you imagine an athlete sitting at a desk for the rest of his life? Could you imagine a, a genius called to paint? Can you imagine a, an artist that's called to cure cancer? Can you see how God doesn't just give everyone the same ability and the same level of ability? So we must function within the realm of our own abilities. Ephesians 12, or sorry, 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. 
A good servant should never question his master. So now we need to step out and we need to start letting God define us. We need to stop allowing our own thoughts to even question who we are. And we need to open, well, Bible. We need to open our Bibles and begin letting God speak about who you are and what you're supposed to do. We don't, we don't do that. We let God do that. Point number two. God will bring all to account. This is the, re, the return of the master. He's coming back and he's going to hold everyone to account. So every week, okay, maybe not every week, almost Every week, because I hate really definitive things like that. Almost 99.9% of all weeks, I have to remind my children to take out the garbage. Ouch. Right? I'm like, you both have phones. Do you have alarms and calendars? Please use them. Right? It's almost every week. And it's not like just take out the garbage, because a lot of times they can remember that. But it's weird how they go, I'm going to do that garbage, not that one, (laughs) not that one, and that one. That's, those are the garbages I choose this week. If you need to put something in the garbage from the week going forward, please use these two cans, not these two, they're full. And the other thing they do So once the garbage is taken out, they don't put bags back in. Everyone's favorite thing. So then you're like, come get a bag. I'm holding this here until you get a bag. You guys, you give them something simple to do. Well, you'd think it's simple. My my girls are back there. I am he is in trouble when we get home. (laughs) We've given them this small weekly responsibility and it's almost every week that it's not done in completion. That's a huge thing to me. And guess what? The garbage man is on his way. Every week, the garbage man comes. And if I have to call that garbage company because the garbage has, I'm like, you guys are paying for them to come back. I will take it out of your money. You're going to pay this. It's your responsibility, right? So if you do not steward the little you have been given, how much worse off are you? Will you be trusted with more? My daughter was asking for a turtle. I'm like, take the freaking garbages out. <laughs> And you still won't have a turtle (laughs) because your mother makes that decision. So Matthew 25, 19. Now, after a long time, the master of the servants came and settled accounts with them. Everyone, listen, everyone will be held accountable individually. I want you to hear that last word, individually, because it doesn't matter once you get to heaven and you're standing before God, God's not going to go, so uh, what Relevant Life Church do? No. God's going to go, what did you do? 
What did you do with what I've given you? Everything we do matters. How you raise your children, how you speak to someone, if you smile to somebody, if you, if you show yourself as being somebody that loves Jesus, right? He's given us this responsibility of spreading this gospel message. If you're a jerk, that's not gonna go over well. If nobody likes you, Nobody's going to listen to this gospel message coming from your mouth. If we look at the three servants in this parable, two of them came out with the same reward. The two servants who went out immediately, they urgently started trading and invested. They put the master's money to work. It didn't matter that one of them had five and one of them had two. Jesus is promising the same reward regardless of what you have. Please hear that. We share in the same reward regardless of, how, of what your abilities are and what you're doing. There's some really famous, famous pastors out there. Actually, sorry, I got to read this. Our reward is distributed equally. <laughs> I almost missed that one. Did you know... Because we share in that same reward, that our reward will be distributed equally, that Trenton and I are going to have the same reward if we steward our our God-given abilities. Did you know that Craig Rochelle and Andy Stanley and Stephen Furtick and Rick Warren and R.G. Sproul and Spurgeon and Swindle, Swindle, sorry, they will all receive the same reward as Julie, as Steve, as the other Julie. (laughs) Sorry, you're right there. I could have picked somebody else. We all share in the same level of reward. It doesn't matter what God has given you. It matters what you do with it. You will be held accountable. Results will vary. They will vary because your abilities vary. What God has given you varies, so your results will vary. I got to move on. Point number three, you lose what you do not use. You like that? Anyone heard of muscle atrophy? Right? Does anyone know what it means? Muscle atrophy is the... is the decrease in size and wasting of muscle tissue. Muscles that lose their nerve supply can atrophy and simply waste away. In the same way our muscles can waste away because they have no nerve connection, do you think this, this last servant, that third servant, may have lost his nerve and wasted away what he was given? Matthew 25, 16 through 17, he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more, but he who had received the one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. He was spineless and irresponsible, and, and the master, the, the servant blamed the master for that. 
He couldn't even take responsibility on himself. He actually turned it on the master and he goes, but you're so harsh and I was so scared of you. And the master goes, if you thought I was harsh and you were so scared of me, why didn't you do the simplest thing and invest in the bank? Why didn't you get me some return? One commentary, it says, his failure betrays his lack of love for his master, which he masks by blaming his master and excusing himself. Only the wicked servant blames his master. But what about grace? God, what about your grace? God, what are... You're so mean. God, uh, what about forgiveness? Right? Don't we all deserve grace and forgiveness when we encounter Jesus, when we encounter God? Another commentator says this about grace. Grace never condones irresponsibility. Even those given less are obligated to use and develop what they have. Grace doesn't cover your irresponsibility. Grace doesn't cover you digging a hole and, and, and putting your abilities in there. He didn't do his job. He was, he was actually labeled worthless by, by the, the master. The Expository Bible's commentary says, the wicked servant is worthless. For to fail to do good and use what God has trusted us to use is a grievous sin, <clears throat> which issues not only for the loss of, of neglected resources, but in rejection of the master banished from his presence and tears of gnashing, tears and gnashing of teeth. So there it is. So now you know what you have to do. Jesus in, in this case, when he was talking to his disciples, he was about to go away. But now, Jesus has gone away. He's been resurrected, but he's still gone. He's here with us in our hearts, but he's, he's not present here with us in a, in a physical man's being. So he has entrusted us. He has entrusted each and every one of you according to your ability to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ around this world. To smile at your neighbor, to, to be kind to each other, to show love. Love is the new commandment. The 10 commandments are gone, the new commandment is love. Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. I'm gonna conclude with this. Are you a sheep or a goat? Jesus went away, just like the master did in this parable, and he's asking us to take what's his and to turn it into something more. <clears throat> Listen to Matthew 25, 31, and we're gonna skip a little bit in the middle there, but listen to this. This is, this is right after Jesus tells this parable. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne before him be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as shepherds sep sorry, separate sheep from goats and he will place the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say, those on the right come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. 
35, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. They did something with what God had given them. They took this gospel message and they poured it out into this world. Let's skip to verse 41. Then he said to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. And he will put them into eternal punishment. Are you sheep or a goat? Are you on the right or the left? Will you be on the right side of things or will you be left behind? Will you do what God's calling you to do? Will you get to work now because we don't know when the master's gonna return? God has given you according to your ability, what are you gonna do with it? That's my question. Don't feel bad about what you have because it's exactly the amount God had for you. Because in the end, we all share in the same reward. We're all going to heaven with Jesus and we all get to live forever. You guys pray with me. God, thank you so much for everything you have given us. God, whether that's one thing, two things, five things, God, we just thank you that you've given us an opportunity. God, that we can be your voice. God, that now that you're, you're gone, you're seated at the right hand of your Father. God, that we can be the one that takes this gospel message and we can transform it into something more. God, that we can double what you did on this earth, God, that we can multiply the kingdom of heaven in a very, very practical way. God, that we are kind to people. God, that we show your love. God, that we have grace and mercy. God, that we forgive each other. God, thank you so much for doing those same things for us first. God, and I just pray for everyone here. God, and, and whether they're dealing with some insecurities or, or they have the lack of abilities and, and, and they're trying to find their worth inside of themselves, God, I, I pray that, God, you would let, allow your Holy Spirit to speak to them. And God, let, let them find their worth in you. God, I just thank you again for today. God, let us go from this place and double your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for coming today. And again, come back next week. If you didn't hear last week's message, Pastor Allie, she did a great job. Go online and our prayer team's coming forward. If you guys need prayer, super practical way to meet Jesus right now. All right, God bless. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.